Welcome to All Things Erie from Erie PA. I'm Kathy, your host, and today's episode is about a case here in, in Pennsylvania. It takes us a little bit all over the place to different towns, but it's basically in this northwestern PA region. This week's episode is number 44, and this week's case, it has a bit of everything in it. Police chase, a police manhunt, double homicide, and an accessory to murder. This has everything a major movie dreams of putting into it. And please don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to make light of it or even hype it up. But this guy that we're talking about, he really did a lot of damage in a couple of days that most serial killers do in months or years. And I'm just wondering, could that have been his end game, so to speak? So let's dig in. This begins at the end of June of this year when the Pennsylvania State Police arrested Cody Podhoff, who is a 25-year-old man and a resident of Cory, Pennsylvania, which is southeast of Erie. The state police had tracked Podhoff to a home in Warren, PA, which is the opposite side, southwest of Erie. Podhoff is being charged with attempted homicide for a shooting that happened on Chestnut Street in the city of Erie, PA. How his crime spree began in the city of Erie was with a confrontation with a man who took a shot at him, and then Podhoff ended up in Edinburgh, which is 40 minutes south of Erie. Police said that Podhoff had stolen several vehicles the, that particular day while fleeing from police. On one being a silver truck with a cap on the back that he had stolen from someone at gunpoint. And if memory serves me correct, it was someone at their home. That doesn't include the other cars that he had stolen that day. So, you know, adding carjacking to his, his numerous charges, you know, why not? As a matter of fact, the day this happened, my daughter was telling me about it and was giving me the description of the vehicle. And we just happened to be walking to the local ice cream store. And just as she was finishing up giving me the details, the almost exact same vehicle pulled up right beside us. And I said to her, you mean that one? And I pointed right to our left. And she and I were like, holy cow. But thankfully, it wasn't because of the one difference and that it was the cap on the back of the truck. There was only one difference, and that was the cap on the back of the truck. You might think I'm silly for that story, but listen, Erie is a small town. Most places, and I've said this before, you can do six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Here in Erie, it's three degrees. I kid you not. But Pontiff is facing charges for homicide and robbery. Not only that, he's also connected to two deaths. So there's an investigation into that. And to put the cherry on top, there was a missing persons case that he was a suspect of that also turned into a homicide, hence the two deaths. And the truck that Pondhoff had carjacked, he didn't bother allowing the person to get out. Unfortunately, the person who was later identified as a gentleman from the Harbor Creek area, which is north of Erie, was still missing at the time. However, police were able to track down Pothoff at the Mindy Trailer Park 
off Station Road, which is, depending on which part of Station Road, it would be a 35-minute drive from Erie, close to the Penn State Barron campus. After having the residents get into their homes, the police searched the area for a violent offender. But they eventually tracked Ponhoff to the Columbus, PA, all the way back in Warren County. Ponhoff had stolen another vehicle with a red truck. When traced back to the original owner, they found that the vehicle had belonged to a person who lived on Dynas Avenue in Harbor Creek, which was just a few feet from where he had been last seen. And according to the neighbors of that truck owner, that person was also missing. Police picked up Pothoff at a Worm County homeless shelter on June 18th. They had also discovered the body of a man who had been living at his father's place in the trunk of one of the vehicles Pothoff had stolen in the Edinburgh area. At this point, Pothoff was being held in custody and awaiting to be arraigned on charges of attempted homicide, weapon charges from a shooting in the city of Erie, and investigators were going to interview Pothoff about the 22 hours that he had been on the run. Now at this point, it is it was determined that Pothoff had stolen a total of five vehicles in his effort to dodge police. That included the two pickup trucks that he had that had been stolen by gunpoint and a Jeep from the War from the Warren County area from a woman who had just gotten home and didn't know that her vehicle was gone. It was two hours later when she realized it. The complaints filed against Pothoff started with Edinburgh on the morning of June 17th and were filed on June 25th and the second complaint filed detailed with the theft of the Jeep from the residents in Columbus Township in Warren County. Pothoff was accused by state police of criminal homicide for fatally shooting Ian Weldon, 41 of Corey, whose body was found in the trunk of the car, and John C. Burek, 66, of Harbor Creek Township, whose pickup had been stolen and his body had been found on state game lands. And at this point, Pothoff was waiting to appear before Northeast Judge Scott Hammer and Third Ward District Tom Carney that Thursday for the preliminary hearings for the charges he's, he faced. Charges that Pothoff faced in Edinburgh, the trooper that filed those char that charge, Trooper Susan Eldman, believed that Weldon was killed sometime on June 16th. In the complaint, Eldman stated that a witness said that Pothoff told the witness he shot Weldon at his parents' house on Route 89 in the Northeast. Weldon's body was, one, was the one they found in the trunk of the car he had been driving in Edinburgh, which was a silver Nissan Sentra, which is ballsy of Pothoff. I don't know if he was just showing off or what. Most of the people he came in contact with that day ended up dead. A police officer had pulled over the Nissan and there had been a passenger inside who had exited the car before Pothoff took off. Pothoff then drove onto Dundon Road and he struck a gate, which had led him led to him crashing the car. Pothoff then took off on foot. Pothoff had then been spotted walking near the area of Route 6N and Hamilton Road around 30 minutes later, which when police attempted to bring him in, Pothoff then stole an all-terrain vehicle and fled to a wooden area. Pothoff then abandoned 
abandon the ATV near the intersection of Crane and Hamilton Roads. See what I mean by this is, you know, police chases, everything that's building up to this, what is going to happen next. Hothoff went to a resident's home in the Edinburgh area and put a gun to the man's head and demanded his keys, then forced himself and the man into the home and fled in the man's 2013 Chevy Silverado that was owned by another person who lived in the home. That truck was found near state game lands in the eastern Erie County, which happens to be where Pothoff's father lives. The truck keys were later found rolled in a pair of gloves and hidden in a piece of carpet in a burn pit. And in another area of state game lands in Erie County, off Calkins Road in Greenfield Township, is where the police found the body of Burek. Police stated that Pothoff shot Burek on the 17th of June after stealing Burek's Ford F-10 pickup truck, which was later found in Warren County. The troopers who spotted the F-10 pickup on Route 6 in Columbus Township, Warren County, has, has seen Pothoff run into a home around 5.30 p.m. on the 17th of June. A while later, there was a report of a stolen 2012 Jeep Liberty from a residence on Center Road. The owner had told troopers that when she came home around 4.30 p.m., she had parked her vehicle inside her garage and had taken her groceries inside the house and then went outside two hours later, her vehicle was gone. She had gone back into the house and looked for her keys and seen that those two were missing. Now considering that Pothoff had already had a couple of bodies under his belt at this time, this lady is extremely lucky. It's either because she didn't see his face or because he didn't have a, or he did have a weird sense of code about not killing women. Either way, she's very lucky and I hope that she's well and taking care of herself. The police find the Jeep at a gas well off Miles Run Road in Spring Creek Township, Warren County. But before being found, for whatever reason, Pothoff decided to go and see a friendly face. Why? Did he know his time was up? Was he hoping that this person would help him? For whatever reason, that will only be known to Pothoff. He decided to go see a family friend, the Miller family. He had been friends with their daughter, Cassandra, who, according to the Times Observer by Brian Ferrier, they had stayed in touch. Although the Millers said that Pothoff was no longer welcomed in their home when they discovered that he was on drugs, and I have to say, according to the article, this was stated years ago. He still chose to go there. Was it because they still were the one good thing in his life? Apparently because he respected it, he respected it enough to stay away until that day. On that particular day, he pulled into their drive, driveway and they saw that Pothoff was upset. Cassandra had asked if it would be okay to speak with him and had given, been given permission to do so. And I have to give Mrs. Miller credit. She took pictures of the truck and license plate. That is one smart mama. And like I said, I don't mean to make light of it. That could have been a lot of trouble for that for that family. According to the article, as Cassandra was speaking to Pothoff, he unloaded 
right then and there. Cassandra said that he had said, quote, I really need a hug, and that, quote, there were a million things running through my head, end quote. Also, he went on to say that there was blood in the truck and that he was driving and that if he could wash up, asking her if he could jump in their pool, and Cassandra had told him no. Now remember, this guy just unloaded on her about what he had done, and he had asked her if he could clean up evidence, and she just told him no. This could seriously go wrong in so many ways. According to this article, both Cassandra and Pothoff were walking around, and Pothoff was, quote, he was counting money, doing drugs, and his gun was right there, end quote. In the article, Cassandra is talking about an area that was a few feet from her back door. At one point, a police car goes by the family driveway, but it wasn't long before one pulled into the driveway. When Pothoff saw it, he took off running. Cassandra, at that point, put up her hands and said nothing. The trooper put her in handcuffs and detained her and placed her in the car. Cassandra had to wait in the cruiser for two hours. And because Pontoff was there at their home, police were there looking for Pontoff for 12 hours. But that's not where he was. He escaped through a front door, crossed Route 6, and had gone through a field, then a swamp, where he arrived at an, one of the Miller's neighbor's house and stole another vehicle when he then took to, where he then took it to Conowago Township. At this time, this is when the police find Ponthoff at a homeless shelter, along with the gun used in his crime spree in Conowago Township, Warren County. When the, when the autopsies came back for both 41-year-old Ian Weldon and 66-year-old John Burek, both men had died from gunshot wounds to the back of the head. State police had served a warrant to search the last known place that they believed that Weldon was known to be alive. And around that home is wooded area, and police believe that there could possibly have been another body there. And this is where Burek had been found and might need to be placed higher up. During the investigation, the police also arrested 24-year-old Cameron Zimmerman. Now, Zimmerman had been charged as an accomplice. His charges were abuse of a corpse. Now, Zimmerman was later found to be that passenger of the silver Nissan that Pothoff was driving when he was pulled over in Edinburgh. And Zimmerman was also the person who told police about Pothoff shooting Weldon at Pothoff's parents' house in the Northeast area on June 16th. And this is according to a News Cycle Cloud online article by Madeline O'Neill. And among all of this, the city of Erie has issued their own arrest warrant with a charge of attempted homicide, Eli Mal Malinowski. I hope I didn't butcher that too bad. Podhoff was accused of shooting Malinowski in the abdomen during a confrontation on Chestnut Street on the 900 block over a set of keys. So all in all, Pothoff faces charges of criminal homicide, murder of the first degree, murder of the second degree, aggravated assault, attempts to cause 
SBI or, cause, or causes injury with extreme, extreme indifference, kidnap to facilitate, to facilitate a felony, robbery of motor vehicle, theft by unlawful taking, movable prop, property, firearms not to be carried without a license, possession of a weapon, abuse of a corpse, his second set of charges that are to be filed, burglary, overnight, accommodations, person present, bodily injury, crime, robbery, threat, imminent, sir, injury, robbery of motor vehicle, theft by unlawful taking, movable property, flight to avoid apprehension, firearms not to be carried without a license, fleeing or attempting to elude officer, possession of a weapon, recklessly endangering another person, and that's uh, uh, that's times two, criminal mischief, damaging property, improper, improperly studded, tires studded, driving while operating under suspension, driving as at an unsafe speed, and reckless driving. Now look, I'm not even going to look at his other charges, and I'm not even an attorney. I'm going to say that they literally threw the book at this guy. They didn't just throw the book at him. They threw the whole damn bookcase at this guy. And I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. This guy went on a spree that they write about in the movies, just like I said in the beginning. Honestly, I'm glad that there's a law that hinders criminals from making money from what they have done. It doesn't mean there's not loopholes. Family members, spouses, domestic partners, it doesn't stop them from selling their stories. But here's the thing with that. You better hope that you can trust them a whole damn lot. You see, I'm saying money changes people. Get them in front of cameras and see what happens. That 15 minutes of fame can change people, and it has. According to District Attorney Denary, Pothoff could still face more charges of theft for stolen vehicles which he stole a total of five in his attempt to evade police. So please, so keep that in mind. This isn't the end of it all. No, with all the victims that Pothoff had, you would think that he had help, and he did. Jessica A. Nye, a 41-year-old homeless woman, has been charged with helping Pothoff to move and conceal the body of one of his victims. She had been arraigned on three charges of hindering apprehension, prosecution, abuse of a corpse, and tampering with fabricating physical evidence. Now, her bond had been set at $75,000. Apparently, Nye helped both Pothoff and Zimmerman to move and hide the body of Ian Weldon in the trunk of the Nissan. Zimmerman, who told the police about where Pothoff killed Weldon, also told the police about Nye's involvement. He said that she, too, had been a passenger in the vehicle for a period of time while Weldon's body was in the trunk of the car. Now, I'm sorry. You know, that's just wrong. I, I get that he probably promised her some money and stuff, but that's just wrong. But then again, that's what criminals do. Zimmerman was in Erie County Prison on a $20,000 bond for his abuse of a corpse charge. Now, do you see where this is going? The guy who talks is getting the sweeter deal. It won't look good for him while he's in prison. What's the saying? Snitches get stitches. 
but they get to go home for Christmas. And really, would it have mattered how much Pothoff had to say? He could have sung like a canary and it wouldn't have mattered. He killed two people in cold blood. And for what? No one knows but him. And this isn't even the end of, the, the end of it all. He still has his trial coming up. And right now, it's, it's as quiet as the night before Christmas and the kids are tucked up in bed waiting on Santa. But you just wait. Once it comes down to him going to trial, all the stories are going to come out and everyone is going to have one. With the pandemic going on, no one is going to be allowed in the courtroom except those that are going to be allowed to testify. And even that might have to come through TV conference. Who knows? But it'll be interesting to watch and see what made this guy lose it and kill those two people. For all we know, he didn't know from Adam. Now, I wrote that part of the pod, uh, podcast weeks ago. As an update on this, there was a third person that helped Cody Pothoff. His name is Benjamin P. Lutzewek. I hope I said that correct. He's 34 from Bear Lake, and he has been charged with aiding Cody Pothoff within the two-day crime spree. In the complaint against Lutzewek, it is stated that Pothoff had gone to Lutzewek's house on June 17th and he had asked for a place to hide the Jeep Liberty. Luswick also said that Pothoff had asked him for a change of clothing, which Luswick gave to Pothoff. In the investigation, according to the article by Tim Hahn, that Cody Pothoff burned the clothing that he had been wearing after he was given a change of clothing. And Pothoff showed Luswick where he had abandoned the Jeep which was on an, an abandoned logging trail off Miles Run Road in Pittsville Township in Warren County. Lutzwick then drove Pothoff to a shelter on Route 6 and dropped him off. Lutzwick is charged with two felony counts of hindering apprehension and misdemeanor count of tampering with evidence. Now, Lutzwick was released on his own recognizance and was scheduled to appear back in court on August 13th. Now, remember, those who really didn't have a lot to do with this got lesser charges. But again, most of the people that came in contact with uh, Pothoff didn't make it out alive. He had two bodies on him and that was to steal truck. Now Lutzwick, I don't know how he knew him, but at the same point in time, do you really think he's going to turn him down for a change of clothes? Maybe he's just trying to save his own skin. Who's to say? But now he has charges thrown against him. But let's see how that plays out. Also, since I had started this, there has been updates about Pothoff and his family. An article from Erie News Now stated that, that Pothoff's father, Richard, while in the courtroom, had secretly taped his son's court hearing, which is a huge no-no. And there are signs up everywhere that state you cannot tape slash record slash photograph any hearing. That's why when you go through the detectors, at least in the federal courthouse, you're asked politely if you have a cell phone and the deputy sheriffs put it in a case and lock it. Now, don't get me wrong, one of those locks can easily be removed if you really wanted to. However, in smaller courthouses, you're just asked to put your cell phone away. Why you think you feel the need to record your son's hearing? Did he feel that he was not being fairly represented? If so, that's when you hire a better attorney. It, yes, they cost money, but with the charges that his son is facing, he's going to need all the help he can get. 
So now at this point, the state police also charged Pothoff's father, Richard B. Pothoff, with secretly taping the hearing and repeatedly swearing at the troopers and that he had used a derogatory term against one trooper multiple times after he had been escorted from the courthouse. Apparently, Richard Pothoff was seen by another judge, District Judge Scott Hammer, using his phone. When the troopers walked up on Richard Pothoff, his phone was in his lap, but they noticed that his phone had the video on. Look, you got caught. At least do it with dignity. Swearing at the trooper doesn't do you any good. It just makes you look bad. Not them. They had a job to do, which they did, it, and that was it. And at this time, Richard Pothoff was being arraigned in Mill Creek in front of District Judge Lori McCleskey, I hope I said her name correctly, on the 53 criminal charges that included a felony count of intercept communications and multiple misdemeanor counts of harassment and disorderly conduct, according to the Erie News Now article. A bond was set at 10% of $10,000 following Richard Pothoff's arraignment. Now, Richard was later released from Erie County Prison after posting his bail, which was $1,000. At this time, there was no lawyer listed. And it states that the charges are so numerous because of the number of times that the police said Richard swore or used a derogatory term. Now, I'm sure both father and son will be back in front of the judges soon enough. And that's pretty sad at this point. But... That's where we're going to leave it for today. Now, if you enjoyed this case and this is your first time listening and would like to hear more, this podcast is available on these platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean.com, and Facebook at All Things Erie from Erie PA. I'm also on Instagram at K-A-T-H-Y-B-R-D-L-Y. If you have any questions or comments, by all means, Hop on over to either of those, and I will get back to you as soon as I can. We're already halfway through August already, and it's hard to believe that soon we'll be celebrating the holidays, or whatever or however that will be. But for right now, kids are heading back to school or doing cyber school from home. Remember, have lots of wine handy either for yourself or for the teacher, and plenty of patience. So remember, stay safe, stay healthy. This is Kathy signing off.